The Devil's Advocates Radio Show is broadcast under a time brokerage agreement between Devil Radio and Civic Media Inc. Some portions of this program may be pre-recorded. Warning, you're about to listen to the greatest radio show ever. And due to contractual obligations and to shield our airwaves and corporate licensees from any semblance of liability, responsibility, and gullibility, we must tell you the views represented on this show are not necessarily those of this station or its management. This radio show contains differing points of view on current political topics, and due to the nature of its contents, it should be heard by everyone. Thank you for listening. Now live from the Civic Media Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, where the political party is just beginning, welcome to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Friends proving it's never personal, only politics. Please allow me to introduce myself. And now, here's your hosts, Dom and Crute. Welcome to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Dom, it is a primary Tuesday edition, the first primary in the nation Today happening in New Hampshire. Welcome to it. Yeah, thank you, Crudy. Happy Primary Tuesday to you, Nate, on the board. Thank you, sir. Of course, our audience. Thanks for joining us, tuning in, New Hampshire, baby. What's going to happen? Well, What's I your can prediction, Michael. I can tell you this: Nikki Haley lasted longer than the Milwaukee Bucks head coach. <laughs> A surprise firing today, halfway through the season. Adrian Griffin is out. He's out. What? And uh, we're going to have the sports reporter, the Milwaukee Bucks sports reporter, to join us at 420 and tell us, where did this come from? The Bucks are 30 and 13. Aren't they nearly leading the Eastern Division at this time? Yeah, they're, they're having a pretty decent okay season. So, yeah, uh, look forward to hearing more about that. Not good enough. But anyways, <laughs> Griffin did outlast Ron DeSantis, but Nikki Haley. <laughs> Nikki Haley made it all the way to New Hampshire, and that's more than you can say for the Milwaukee Bucks coach. Now, the former Milwaukee Bucks coach, first gig, fired eight months on the job. Damn, that's not going to look good on the resume, Dom. He's going to be nearly unemployable like you and I. Oh, I can just run for office, man. You know, that kind of record, you know, it's okay. Everyone loses at some point. Well, that was unforeseen. Here is... A more predictable them. The Wisconsin Republicans have rolled out a tax cut proposal. Well, that's what Republicans do, baby. Tax cuts. But I want legalized marijuana. Tax cuts. Nope. Tax cuts. I want to see the expansion of Medicaid. Tax oh, cuts. Oh, no, no. Tax cuts. I would like to see railway interconnect the entire upper Stop. Midwest. Tax cuts. Anything? Is is, is there nope, anything? No, 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 nope. Tax cuts. Tax it's, cuts is a cure for all. It is a See, cure it all, isn't it? More money in your pocket, and that way you can go buy your expensive health care. What about child care? Oh, no, no, no. That's that's fine. Tax cuts. Then you can put more money in your pocket. Damn, I wish I wish I'd have thought of tax cuts. What I a mean, brilliant plan these Republicans who, who, who have come thought, up with. Man? Now Tony <laughs> Evers keeps, you know, vetoing their prior efforts at tax cuts, Tom, but you know, this time for Scherzies, because they're trying to steal a little bit of Tony's thunder. I don't know if you noticed, but tonight is Tony Evers' State of the Union address. We'll talk about that just a little bit later in the show. But part of this tax cut proposal, along with a, what, a 14-week abortion ban. 
Nobody asked for that either, but Republicans had a public <laughs> hearing yesterday. And uh, I forget what else. More jackassery. Tax cuts. Tax, tax cuts. cuts. Well, there was they something more cuts. than that. Uh, they also, what, tried to fire one of, one of Tony's appointments this week. You know, a little pettiness for good measure. And tax cuts. It always comes back to tax cuts. Now, um, let's let's stick with Nikki for just a minute. Nikki Haley. Because it's kind of her day. It might be her last big day. And, you know, I'm not feeling... Oh, come on. What? I don't agree with that. You know what? Nikki Haley cannot win the nomination for the Republicans today. But she could lose it. She can effectively wash out of the race. She can do a Ron DeSantis. She could get blown out tonight in New Hampshire. And it's all over but the crying down. You know, she could claim she's going to take it all the way to South Carolina and beyond. <laughs> Don't they all? But that's I'm what, never stopping. I'm taking it to the convention. That's what DeSantis oh, Chris, was Chris, saying a week Chris, ago. Out. DeSantis said he was going to go to New Hampshire. He's out. Everyone, everyone's going to out to the end until they don't. You know, I've got some political travel plans predicated on the fact that there are some primary states <laughs> coming up, Tom. I, I've got an early prediction. I feel quite confident I'm going to be right about this prediction. You know, What's they that? keep talking about South Carolina. South Carolina is not next for the GOP. Now, for the Democrats, the Democrats have South Carolina February 3rd. That was the Joe Biden deal, right? And let's not forget, Joe Biden is not on the ballot in what traditionally has been the first in the nation primary state, New Hampshire. I think it's in their state constitution. They go first or they punish the Democratic nominee who would possibly <laughs> dishonor them. Joe Biden is not on the ballot in New Hampshire. So He's a write-in. It's a write-in, Jerry. It, it's going to have to be a write-in. I mean, what is an acceptable number of write-in votes for Joe Biden? If this guy gets like 10,000, 25,000 tonight, that is an utter humiliation for the, you know, let's call him the presumptive Democratic nominee. You know, most of these primary contests are set up not to allow competition. But New Hampshire is going to be the exception because Joe Biden, if you like Joe, you got to write Joe in. I mean, Mickey Mouse could win tonight in New Hampshire as a Democratic oh, candidate. not going to happen. Man. These Come nuts on. could win in New Come Hampshire tonight. On. Not going to happen. Uh, Emerson had a poll out. I believe it was from yesterday. Biden as the write in 61. Phillips coming in a distant second at 16. So that's a Biden plus 45. Well, I can understand if you want to express your displeasure against the nominee and the fact that perhaps he's turned your back, his back on your state. If you're really down for the politics and you're a primary sort in New Hampshire, I mean, you could be a little perturbed at the current president and that he's made your state no longer meaningful. And in fact, he's foregoing even appearing on the ballot. That was the consequence. He said, I don't care. I'm taking it to South Carolina. Well, not, I mean, they, they kicked him off the ballot, right? I don't think he said, I don't want my name on the ballot. They made the determination that they were not going to have Joe Biden's name on the ballot. Therefore, there was going to be a write-in. Well, they effectively, you know, took umbrage to the fact he moved South Carolina in front of them. Yeah, South Carolina is now going to be recognized as the first Democratic primary state. But here's the interesting point. Here's the point I was trying to make on the calendar, Dom. A, the Democrats go to South Carolina on February 3rd. The Republicans don't get around to doing their primary in South Carolina, the Nikki Haley state, until February 24th. That's a long wait, right? That's a, a lot away, of time yeah, to man. stew. 
that's a lot of money to burn through in a campaign. But interesting point. Nevada, where I'm going to continue the For the Love of Democracy to her 2024, Dom, I'm going to Vegas, baby, with or without you. In this case, without you. I've shown you the fine accommodations you could have at the Circus Circus. You said, I'll pass no, this time. I had enough of that. Thank you. <laughs> I have not decided where I'm staying. I mean, if it's not Trump Tower, I can't even imagine myself going. Trump Tower is one of the possibilities. I've considered going there. You know, the irony of broadcasting from Trump Tower. But here is a prediction, a bold prediction. And I'm going to predict that you can take it to the bank right now. You can go to the bookie in Vegas with this one, Dom. Nikki Haley will win the February 6th GOP primary for the state of Nevada. And she'll be awarded. Zero delegates. And why would that be, Michael? Because they do it all cockeyed there. I'm not sure why. (laughs) They're doing a caucus. And apparently the GOP, if you want to get the delegates, you got to be part of the caucus. Well, earlier in the race, a lot of them opted for the the optics of caucusing. Ron DeSantis, he is very confident he's going to do well in the Nevada caucus. (laughs) And Ramaswamy was also in the caucus category, as is Trump. But Nikki Haley wanted to create perhaps some headlines a couple days before the caucus because the caucus isn't until February 8th. But the primary where Nikki Haley's going against some, even even when they were, you know, running Asa Hutchinson and a few others, they, they were also looking to make a name for themselves by jumping out there on February 6th and maybe making a dent in the non-delegate awarding primary. But you heard it here first. Nikki Haley will win the primary and Donald (laughs) Trump will win the caucus and all the delegates from the state of Nevada. But Chris Anunu, who is the current governor and a current Nikki Haley surrogate, he's out there on the stump. I heard him talking and he makes a lot of sense in this regard. He said, A, Nikki Haley doesn't really have to start winning states yet. She just has to place well. She doesn't really have to start winning till Super Tuesday, which is March 5th which is a day after Trump's trial in the J6 is supposed to start in uh, scheduled right. DC. We'll see if it goes off. But he said she doesn't really have to start winning, you know, in the delegate race till Super Tuesday. Then she's got to start picking up the necessary delegates. But here's my thought. And I'm much less confident about Nikki Haley's performance tonight than my confidence in the fact that Ron DeSantis <laughs> was not going to punch his ticket out of Iowa No punching of ticket, but I think Nikki Haley will survive New Hampshire, and I think it will be closer than expected, closer than the polling. Of course, she's going to survive. I don't know what that means. I mean, so survive. She gets blown out by 30. She wins. She loses by five. She loses by 30. I mean, of course, she's going to survive. She's going to have to. What's the spread? She's going to have to lose close, man. Like less than than the Packers lost to the 49ers by. It's going to have to be close. Because otherwise, the money's going to dry up. Everyone's going to, everybody loves a winner. And you know these Republicans, they're willing to sell their soul for the winning message. Man, they got money, baby, and they're anti-Trump. And she's going to, what, go to Vegas? And she's going to go to her home state? If she pulls within 5 or 10, they're going to continue to fund her. Because there needs to be somebody else, man. Because when the crap hits the fan, where are they going to go? Okay, for our perhaps many Dozens of New Hampshire listeners today, Dom. If you are not a registered Republican or a registered Democrat, you have the right to go out there and 
vote in this Nikki Haley Donald Trump beauty contest, you can cross. You can go out there as an independent. More independents registered in the state of New Hampshire than either of the parties. Right. Do you go vote for Nikki Haley? Do you try and preserve her candidacy like I once voted for Rick Santorum in the state of Wisconsin <laughs> to try and keep it going and drain the resources of Mitt Romney? Haley said on Fox News today, no, I don't get out if I lose today. Again, I'm going to say this. We had 56,000 people vote for Donald Trump. And you're going to say that's what this country wants? That's not what this country wants. She's right about that. Only 56,000 people in Iowa voted for Trump so far. Come on, man. She's the last one in the race. She's the only one that's not a certifiable lunatic on the Republican ticket. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of independents and and traditional Republicans are going to be for her. Does Joe Biden get more or less than 56,000 votes? More. More devils coming back. The devil's advocates know how to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and we're all out of bubblegum. And we're back from the 420 break. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. Take the devils with you everywhere you go. Download the Civic Media app. Go to your favorite app store. Get the Civic Media app and text. You can call. It's super cool. Check out all the network shows. CivicMedia.us. And unexpectedly, Dom, we've got breaking sports news in the great state of Wisconsin. The Milwaukee Bucks have fired their head coach, Adrian Griffin. And we want to know why, so we've called our sports reporter, Mike Clemens. He joins us right now. Michael, thanks for making time for the Devil's hey, Advocates. What can you tell us? What happened? I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm 43 shocked. games in. We're barely halfway. They just beat the Pistons the other night. I mean, it was sort of a limp-through-it victory against a lowly team, but does that get you fired when you win? The guy got – he won and he got fired. <laughs> so the, the the Pistons are the the worst team in basketball. Remember they had like a twenty eight twenty nine game losing streak, a historic losing streak that uh, didn't end until the end of December. Okay, so and their coach hasn't been <clears throat> fired, but ours has. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. No, no, I'm I'm I was shocked. You know, my cell phone started going off about an hour ago, and I'm like, oh come on. And then we've got this press release here. I can read this uh, from the team if I can call that up. Uh, where did I put that? Anyway, it, it made it official that uh, he's been relieved, that Joe Prunty is once again the interim head coach. Joe has done this before as a part of the, uh, the Bucks staff. Um, let me, here's, here's, my, here's my initial thought. Last, was it Thursday night? Wednesday night. The Bucks uh, were, were playing a game against the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland. And now Giannis was out that night. They ended up sitting him. He's got a, a right shoulder contusion, you know, a bruised shoulder. So they gave him the night off. And the Bucks, they, they, the Cavaliers jumped out. They're an average team. They jumped out to a 22-2 lead. They ended up winning the game that night by 40 points. They Ooh. just, you know, just blew them away. And Adrian Griffin came in there and said, uh, "Yeah, you know, you know, we 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 can't have this. I mean, we we've got to we've got to do a better job here." And it's like, <laughs> Dude, this is. This is you've you've been in the job now long enough. You you don't you're not just there to pick up the towels and roll the balls off for these guys. This is where you make a statement. And and here's the other thing. I was listening to the game on the road, on uh, from one of our sister stations, WRJ and Racine, on the stream, right? And Dave Cohen, who does the games at the end of the night, he said, "Gee, and 
you got to wonder what Giannis's reaction is going to be to a game like this. And I thought, oh, oh, because it's like, why are we depending on a player to have the angry reaction instead of the head coach? You know, and Dave's a guy that's around the team every day, every single hour. And that was a little bit of a red flag. Here's another one. Do you remember when they hired Adrian, and he'd been a, a longtime player, he'd been with the assistant with the Raptors, you know, when they had a championship team, and, you know, the owners brought him in. Wes Edens and those guys, they brought him in because they were really amazed, John Horst, the, the GM, on how this guy drew up offensive plays. And uh, they thought, you know, here's a guy, 48, 49 years old, and he would be our first African-American head coach in Milwaukee, and this is the time to make this move. They got rid of Budenholzer because he didn't make very good in-game adjustments, like you remember in that series we covered last spring against the Miami Heat. And they brought him in, so that big fanfare, and now they're off and rolling. And then they got Adrian Griffin in from Portland. And like a week or two later, one of the assistants, a former Milwaukee Bucks head coach and longtime coach for the Trailblazers, Terry Stotts, quit. Like a week yeah. or two into camp, like, whoa, whoa. And, like, and, and, and um, uh, Damian Lillard, um, uh, who they, they traded for, um, he said, gee, that was my coach for nine years. I was looking forward to that familiar face. So that was a little weird. They got into the season. And then what did we say? You know, like we've been saying in our reports, you know, bad defensive you know, performance. They've got these great shooters, but they're not setting up on defense. Well, the defensive thing didn't seem to get any better. You know, it wasn't. It didn't seem to be addressed. And, you know, at the end of the day, does Adrian Griffin get fired because he's too nice of a guy? Mm-hmm. I've never gotten fired for that, Mike. Uh, our good friend, <laughs> sports reporter Mike Clements, you might, you could get fired for being a nice guy, but that I'll never suffer through that. Uh, Michael, so of course, the rumor mill is going to start immediately. Who will be the next permanent head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks? And the first name I'm seeing in the Journal Sentinel, Doc Rivers, who's currently what a he, he's doing studio work, but he's a Marquette guy, he's an NBA guy, he's a former coach. What do you what do you think of Doc Rivers? Uh, you know, you go to a 62-year-old guy. You, you go to a guy who in his prime was the head coach of the Celtics, and they won an NBA championship, I think, was that 2008? So he, you know, he's taken a team uh, as a head coach uh, to the finals and won. Uh, his last run was with the 76ers after two or three years in Philadelphia, and he kind of looked kind of tired and burned out when they let him go uh, after their playoff run came up short. Uh, so that's the first name that's out there. Now, one guy who's also saying that is ESPN's Adrian Orjanowski. Now, do you remember this story? I had this uh, on one of our reports because I asked Adrian Griffin on the day he was hired. I got him off to the side, and I said, how would you find out that you know you were the new head coach? Because he was so proud. And they had such a great you know, press conference for him and gathering and food and all kinds of things. This was a new era in Milwaukee. And he said, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. He says, I'd, I'd had a meeting with the owners, and things were going good, and then I had Thursday off. And then on Friday, he said, my agent called me. He says, they want you back in there. He says, I think we're close. Don't blow it now. You know, when you go in there and talk to these guys. And when he came in, they were sitting around and just having a chat. It's been a nice week, nice visiting with you and all that. And there's John Horst. There's Wes Edens. Wes Edens pretty much run this team. Also, remember Jimmy Haslam? He's a new co-owner. Jimmy Aslam is the guy who runs the pilot Flying J gas stations out of Cleveland, oh, yeah. and he was the owner. He's been the owner of the Cleveland Browns. 
and all the turmoil that they've had over the years with the Browns, right? Anyways, Wes is behind the desk there, and they're just having a chat. And he goes, oh, look at that. He goes, oh, it must be true if it's on ESPN. And he shows them, Bucks hire Adrian Griffin as new head coach. And that's how he found out. Now, isn't that a weird wow. way to find out? That you get, Isn't that sort of messing with a dude's head? He, Seemingly, kind text. of a strange atmosphere there, Mike. Yeah, they, they showed them the text from ESPN. That's how he found it. It was already being reported that he was the new head coach. And they all got a laugh out and shook heads. And I thought, that's weird, man. That's creepy. So when you tell me about Doc Rivers, that's coming from uh, ESPN, from Woj, who's now reporting that. So that's how close that connection is. But I'm, I'm sure that at the end of the day, this is a move where they just say, look, we've got a great team. We got Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers. He's a great scorer. We need to improve on defense, and we need a coach that's more aggressive and confronts these egos on this Bucks team. I guess including Giannis. I mean, Giannis wants to be coached hard, but oh man, I mean, there's a press conference that, that I'll be covering tomorrow night, boys, at five fifteen downtown when John Horst makes this official. So I'll keep you posted. All right. Mike Clements, sports reporter for Civic Media for. Us, you are a Bucks guy, man. You're you're the guy that goes to the game. Are you going to be in Vegas for the Super Bowl this year, Mike? I am. I am. I was actually just trying to run some errands. I thought I had today off. <laughs> well, Mike, I might work make you work a little overtime in Vegas as well. I'm going to be out there that week. It's the Super Bowl, but it's also a primary to caucus week. Michael, thank you for your coverage. The firing you, of Milwaukee Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin. <laughs> Catching even the best sports reporter in the land off off balance a little bit today, Dom. Didn't see that one coming. No, not at all. Thank you, Mike Clemens. Always a pleasure. Next time, maybe we'll get a breakdown of what happened with the Packers and love to get your thought on the Lions this weekend. Come back. We are the Devil's Advocates, 844-967-2789. My thought, who cares? <laughs> You're listening to the radio show your mother warned you about. The Devil's Advocates. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show, a Tuesday edition. New Hampshire primaries. They're happening right now, Dom. Nikki Haley's up 6 nothing. last time we checked. <laughs> she gained six votes overnight. Some little community. Uh, it's not French Lick. That's where Larry Bird's from. But uh, some little community in New Hampshire votes. Hey, man, I thought we weren't, we weren't supposed to announce, you know, the polls. Uh, and any any results until the polls close, Crudy. That quaint little thing's been happening forever. That little community, they go to the polls. It's like six people, and then they release the results at like twelve oh five. And this year it was six nothing. Election Haley. interference, man. I would that that's so wrong. <laughs> They're trying to influence the electorate. Terrible. Dom, let me uh, thank our most recent guest. A fine one, Mike Clemens, the sports reporter from Civic Media. Uh, didn't expect to have Mike today, but the Milwaukee Bucks fired their head coach, Adrian Griffin. That was unexpected. The Bucks are yep. 30 and 13, and they're the first NBA team to fire their coach this year. So that one caught us out of the uh, left field, you might say. And Dom, back to the politics for just a minute. Tony Evers giving his state of the state address tonight. We've been to a few in our day. Less so since this governor, you know. 
We used to counter-program the Scott Walker State of the State addresses, Mystery Science Theater 3000 style. <laughs> Here's what he's really thinking. Lie, lie, lie. Freedom! Right? right? We've done a few of those. Oh, it's terrible. I'm so glad Scott Walker is not giving the State of the State address tonight. Well, just like if Scott Walker was giving it, Dom, I would not watch it. Not this evening. Why? Because the Badgers tip off at 6. And if you're in our... You know, one of our fine Badger markets across the Civic Media Network. We got pregame show. Devil's Advocates give way to the Badger pregame. You can still come back and find us on the WMDX stream on the Civic Media app. But Badgers tip off at six tonight. It's a border battle. They're playing against Minnesota. They're ranked 13th in the nation. They're number one in the Big Ten. One does not schedule anything <laughs> as counter-programming to the Badger game. This was a predictable event. This is a major faux pas on behalf of the Evers (laughs) administration. Hey, listen, the speech is scheduled to start tonight at 7 p.m. So, you know, that game will be well on its way. Yeah, that's what everyone everyone says. is 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 a total sports nut like you. Well, not everyone is, and some may watch or listen. It will be fine coverage with Todd Alba and Terry Bell, the news director, will be available on the Civic Media Network for the stations not carrying the Badger game, which I'll be listening to and watching because the Badgers are playing Minnesota, man. It's a must watch. So Is it? Why? Why is it a must watch? They're all must Explain watch. Explain that to me. Because our team's playing damn good. They're 13th in the nation. I'm getting ready for some March Madness. Football season is over. My team's done. So as far as I'm concerned, Football season is not over. The Lions play this weekend. Well, other than one irrelevant little gentleman's thing we got going on with that game, <laughs> as far as I, well, you know, I might see Mike Clemens out in Vegas Super Bowl week. So, you know, I'll pay attention that week, but Dom, I've turned my attention to college basketball and apparently the failings of the Milwaukee Bucks head coach, but mostly the failings of the Evers administration a good Wisconsinite knows you don't schedule a wedding on a Packer Sunday and you don't schedule a state of the state address going up. I mean, I criticized the former governor for the same action. That was the shortest speech that Scott Walker ever gave. It was like a 725 tip off. Walker was done in 18 minutes. I swear to God. Cause he knew you don't step on so, all right, all right, the badge. All right. Listen, listen let, let me ask you a question. Sure. If the, UW men's basketball team. The Badgers were having a terrible season. Would you be okay with it then? Uh, probably more so. <laughs> oh, come on, man. I mean, and and I'm, I'm not clear how the process works here. I mean, in 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 uh, D.C., like the, you know, the House, uh, Mike Johnson has to invite right uh, the president to come and address the Congress, right? Uh, is that similar? That's here? not even I mean, happening maybe. till March in, in the case of Mike I know, Johnson. Right? So quite that, unusually that's all, late. That's on, that's on the Republicans. It's their decision. So is it similar here in the state of Wisconsin? Does Robin Voss have to invite Tony Evers to address the legislature? And if so, wouldn't it be then Robin Voss's decision? Well, I can tell As you this. Question. The Republican response, which is supposed to come on the civic media. I'm not clear how they're doing the entirety of the programming, Dom. But the Republican response is coming about 8.30 Central Time, Dom. That would be clearly after the Badger game. So I think 
If your theory is true, Robin Voss stacked <laughs> Tony know. against Bucky, and then they're going to give their response after the game's over. That's my understanding. LeMahieu. LeMahieu. Meh. Giving the response about 8.30 Central Time. Uh, any any predictions on what the governor will address this evening? Michael? The state how, how, in of your our opinion, state what is, is strong. The state of our state? Yeah, come on. Well, what do they always is he gonna, say? He's going to speak with his thumbs, too. I mean, come on, man. Moving Wisconsin forward. Wisconsin forward. That oh, was the last God. guy. Well, I mean, we're sitting was- on this massive budget surplus. And if he and the Republicans could come together on a tax cut, looks like we'd all get a tax cut for Christmas, Tom. Because, you know, as mentioned before, that's the entirety of the Republican platform. Tax cut. No other policy, just tax cut. Uh, so... Evers and these Republicans, I think, will eventually come to some sort of tax cut compromise. Because when you're sitting on this kind of capital cash and it's excessive and it's billions, even I would agree readily it's time to give some back to your constituents. Certainly. But who, you know, of course, that depends on, and that comes down to the details of whom, to whom should the benefit go, the high tax centers or you know, everybody else. My understanding, this newest proposition is oriented closer to what Tony Evers describes as a middle-class uh, Wisconsinite. Now, the last tax bracket that was proposed by these Republicans would have included households, you know, joint filers, up to $405,000 and given them a nice, <laughs> healthy tax cut. Now, that seems a little beyond the average a little beyond the average earner for the state of Wisconsin, a little beyond middle class, let's say. You think? But I had seen, and I haven't seen the specific proposal, you know, because it's tax cuts, $2.1 billion in tax cuts. But my understanding, I think they're going from 5.3% down to 4.4%. That would be the second lowest bracket. And I think they want to extend it up to about $150,000, which even, I think, Based on a prior statement by Evers, uh, he perceived that as middle class for a household. So I think Certainly they're upper middle class. Yeah. Okay. So well, they're getting closer, closer to middle I mean, class good. than 400 grand a year. <laughs> when yes. $400,000 earners are getting tax cuts down, that, that, that seems a little overly generous to the average, the average voter in the state, but not to these Republicans. But I think there's probably a deal to be had, right? I mean, we saw a shared yes. revenue deal, and that was, as far as I'm concerned, as unexpected as the Bucks firing their coach today. But there are deals possible as long as it includes tax cuts because these Republicans will be a yes on that. <laughs> so if Tony comes somewhere close to finding, you know, tax brackets yeah. they find acceptable, Wisconsin might get tax cuts for, for the new year. 844. We'll take it. 967-2789. Um, I was just going to say, but whatever the governor proposes tonight, I'm going to have to read about in the paper tomorrow and, you know, maybe or maybe not talk about with you on the radio. All right. All right. Let me ask you this. Uh, you're, you're, you're a little hurt because this state because of the, of the state Badgers is going to hap- happen during the Badger game. Uh, what if the Badgers are blowing out Minnesota by 30 or what if Minnesota's are Minnesota's blowing the. You take that back. You don't, I'm just asking, don't even Matt, express would, that out loud. What would you do? Don't if manifest you, it as true. Do you watch all the way through, regardless of of the outcome, Crudy? If it's a blowout, does it keep your attention one way or the other? If Detroit blows out the 49ers, are you going to keep watching? Or are you going to turn it off? Because oh, they're up big. 
Of course you keep watching. That's my team. And, and the other way around? Yes, because you just think, well, you know, a couple of baskets, a couple of defenses here, and we're right back in this game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the only one that was really like hard pros, to watch. Man. I mean, the Bucks can be down by 20 or 30, and those guys can turn it on and come back and win that game. Less so uh, in college basketball. Or in college, man, that's not going to happen. Last time the Badgers came back from a margin of, of deficit that great, uh, Badgers were down 22 at the half, and I believe Johnny Davis was still on the team. And the Badgers came back in the second half and won a game they trailed by 22 at the margin. And I was so excited. I said something to my wife, like, you know, that's why you play the second half. And she wrote it on the dry erase board at home. It's still written there. Like, this is like the most meaningful quote of my life, apparently, around the household. (laughs) That's why you play the second half. The Badgers were trailing by 22. So I can't tell you any other context other than I think Johnny (laughs) Davis was on the team. Uh, but the hardest game to watch all year, and I think I did watch till nearly the end, uh, when we went out to Tucson and got our asses handed to us by number one, Arizona. And I watched the vast majority of that game. Maybe turned it off in the last two minutes. Maybe. They were down by 30 then. Oh, I watched right, to so the last two minutes. You're brought- a couple of threes right, and a couple it. of defenses. We're right back in this game. Yeah. <laughs> or not. So or, what no, do you uh, predict? I'm I, you put me on the hot seat. I'm the bad guy because I like the Badgers. What's the oh, governor? Man, I just, what's I, your listen, governor going to say tonight? It's 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 well, the state of the state is strong, Michael. It's not that that you're a bad guy because you like the Badgers, but you're so critical of Evers for for counter programming against my Badgers. There's always going to be something, man. There's going to be a Packer game, or there's going to be a Bucks game, or there's going to be a a hockey game. I mean, there's always something, man. Right. You got to, I mean, we're talking about the state of our state, crude. We've got to address the very difficult challenges and and the, and articulate the successes that the Evers administration has had. Can I point something out to you, Dom, across this What's media that? network? And I don't mean to boast because it's not mine. It's another man's. It's Sage Wiles. But across the civic media network, there are three Packer, three Brewers, four Badgers, and six Milwaukee Bucks stations and i've got them all memorized and when i'm looking at the calendar i can find a time a gap in all those scheduled games you know spend a little time with family cook a nice meal whatever it is date night whatever it is but what you don't do you don't schedule your state of the state address against the hometown team not when they're on a roll so someone will have to use the google machine and find out for sure if that's (laughs) a robin's you know, it's. Do you think Robin Voss did that just to make sure that Evers didn't didn't have a very successful evening? State of the state. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find viewership here quickly. Do you recall um, when uh, when Evers debated but here's Scott something Walker? Here, real, real quick, back in December of 2021, uh, Chris Kapinga and Assembly Speaker Robin Voss invited Governor Tony Evers to deliver the 2022 State of the uh, Union State of the State address in February. Yada yada. So again, the legislature invited. Did they pick uh, the day? Yes, they did. Well, then back in twenty, back in twenty-one. This could be Republican malfeasance then. <laughs> Counter programming <laughs> the Badger game, but it's giving a their conspiracy. Own, That's what it is. I would say, in some way, shape, or form. But I will tell you this: here's here's my conspiracy theory. Tony Evers debated Scott Walker on a Friday night. And 
It was late in the summer, and it was against a Packer preseason game. That Friday night debate, one debate, that's all they had, and nobody saw it. And it was not Tony Evers' strongest moment. And Scott Walker was the incumbent governor, and obviously he'd won twice plus a recall, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. a foregone conclusion that Tony was going to beat him. In fact, the margin, what, 31,000 votes? It was it was nearly a coin flip. We were sitting in the Roman coin at 1.30 in the morning waiting for the absentee <laughs> ballots to come in from Milwaukee County. Hardly a foregone conclusion who was going to win no. the election. But I would say, had more people seen that debate on that Friday night, it could have evaporated that 31,000-vote margin. Because if you're not afraid to lie like Scott Walker, man, you can look awfully good in a debate. You know, he'd say anything. And nobody saw it. And I barely flipped back and forth. Barely. Barely. But only because it was a preseason game. Had that been a regular season game, (laughs) I wouldn't have even known that Tony Evers debated Scott Walker that night. I thought we tell first... people to stay involved and stay in tune when when you're not leading by example, Mike. Well, you unless, are not a role model unless I have a game. Come back, more devils. The Devil's Advocates, the fix for political junkies everywhere. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. You can always join us on the lines, 844-967-2789. Dom, here's a headline I was unaware of. Molly Baxar just yesterday at the Kamala Harris event in Big Ben. And Jesse Apoyan from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. They collaborate on this piece. And this one, this one's a little surprising, Dom. Assembly Republicans, Democrats. Like a bipartisan effort, Dom. What? Working behind the scenes on a path to new legislative maps. Bipartisan effort? They still make those? You got to you gotta call a factory in Sweden. Uh, Democrat and Republican leaders on the state assembly have worked this month to try and form a committee of lawmakers to create the next set of legislative maps ordered by the state Supreme Court before the 2024 election. TikTok, folks. Correspondence obtained by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel between the office of Assembly Speaker Robin Voss and Assembly Democrats showed the two caucuses have not yet agreed on how to design the districts and how much support within each caucus each new map proposal should receive in order to be considered. Well, this doesn't seem like much of an effort, but let me read on. The letters also suggest the negotiations over how the committee will tackle the task has been civil. They've been civil down. That's that's oh, a change of tone. You know, baby steps. The communication appears to contradict Voss's comments earlier this month describing assembly Democrats as being closed off to the idea of passing new maps. So Voss apparently lying about the Democrats' willingness to make a bipartisan effort. He often smears the Dems down. Voss on January 16th said his caucus approached Democrats about the idea, but said we have not gotten a warm reception to that idea. Well, that'd be a lie, wouldn't it, Robin? Uh, a little bit more. According to correspondence between Assembly Democrats and Voss, Assembly Republicans approached Assembly Dems, suggesting the caucuses create a new committee to write and pass the legislative maps ordered by the Supreme Court. 
In a January 5th letter to Voss, Assembly Democrats wrote, they would agree if the committee was composed of an equal number of lawmakers from each party and would hold hearings in each quadrant of the state and Milwaukee. Democrats also said they would only agree if the committee met state constitutional requirements, complied with the Federal Voting Rights Act, counted prison <laughs> inmates as voters in their hometowns, and provided representation based on the median proportion of the vote received by each party over the last six years. The Democrats also called, uh, called for a majority of each caucus to support the maps. Well, good luck with all of that. That seems like a lot of preconditions. No wonder why Voss is saying they didn't warmly accept that because Voss isn't going to beat any of those conditions down. This man's been a terrorist the whole time. Why uh, would he on, be man. reasonable now? Voss, uh, in a January 8th letter to the Assembly Democrats, said Assembly Republicans agreed to most of the Democrats' proposed requirements and added new proposed requirements of drawing districts to be no less compact than current districts using an agreed-upon scoring method, would avoid pairing incumbents and avoid splitting counties and towns. Assembly Republicans agreed to hold uh, holding hearings in Madison and Milwaukee and said they would support hearings in additional locations as time allowed. They said no hearings should be held until the committee had agreed upon a final product to present to the public. Boston Republicans did not agree with the Democrats' proportionality standard, but would consider a standard that contemplates the median of contested legislative races dating back to 2016. He also said requiring a majority of caucus members to support the bill is impossible. It's anti-Democrat to say that if two sides meet in good faith and negotiate a deal, that a simple bipartisan majority of the chamber should not be the standard. In the most recent... I could agree with that. Yeah. Assembly re Democrats responded to Voss on January 18th and said the caucus won't accept a process that avoids pairing incumbents or the Republican standard for measuring proportionality and that it's not impossible to gain support of a majority of caucus members. Quote, our caucus has been clear that we are open to conversations with Republicans on maps, but we are not going to engage in a process that is likely to produce a gerrymandered map Assembly Minority Leader Greta Newbar, a Democrat from Racine, told the General Sentinel and asked about the correspondence between the two parties. Newbar said Democrats are open to the maps being drawn by the state Supreme Court or the legislature as long as the maps are fair and the people of Wisconsin have equal representation. Well, there's the sticking point with Robin Voss, the equal representation. Why would you give him that now when you haven't given it to him in like 12 years? Because now you have to. Otherwise, the uh, Supreme Court's going to it themselves 844-967-2789 cindy from appleton welcome what do you got for us hello cindy well something stinks. something stinks if the republicans came forward with this being the cynical person that i am i think something <laughs> is underfoot that stinks well of course they're just trying to undermine the efforts of the wisconsin supreme court to you know issue timely maps and Fair maps, and they don't want fair maps, Cindy. The current maps favor them. So any process that they can influence the outcome to one degree better for them, well, of course, they're going to try it, Cindy, but I don't think their heart's in it. I don't think Robin Voss no. really thinks there's any compromise to be had because, of course, he's not going to compromise. He never has. Nope. So I think it's just a political stunt at this point. What about the tax cuts, Cindy? $2.1 billion. You'd sure like some of that sweet, sweet cash for Christmas, wouldn't you? No, I think we need to fix our roads, fund our parks, put some money into our education system, feed the homeless, 
I mean, there's just so many other things we can do. Well, Cindy, you're very generous. To- most most taxpayers in the state say, give me my money back. Give me a tax cut. I would point out another campus closing. Uh, the University of Wisconsin Green Bay at Marinette. I believe that is the fourth two-year campus that this wow. Republican-led legislature is closing this year. Where are kids? Where's the next generation going to go to tech school or a two-year college if they can't afford to go to the big ones? I mean, I just saw the Marquette University, the private university, very prestigious. 50 grand a year now. They're charging in tuition. Tuition's 50 grand. Plus, you got to live somewhere, probably, right? Mom and dad's basement at well, minimum. Not, I mean, generally in colleges, your freshman year, you are required to take the dorm that they give you and the food plan, the meal plan that they provide. So, you know, plus, plus, plus. I think UW set $9,600 per semester for tuition. Although for out-of-state students, 38 grand. That gets crazy. <laughs> Stick it to them, baby. Come back. More Devil's Advocates, a happier, happier. More of your phone calls as well. You can always join us. Nikki Haley making her final stand in New Hampshire. Tony Evers, or perhaps it's Robin Voss's bad work. Counter-programming the Badger to game with a State of the State address. I'll tell you what the State of the State is. It's Badger Red. That's what it is. Come back. Hour two, a happier, happy hour indeed. Unless you're in the Badger markets, then we hand you off to pregame coverage.